Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make a play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Kimley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 183. I'm joined here by my good friend and a good friend of the show, Mr. Glenn Norton from Jet Nation Radio. Well, Glenn, it's been a while. Been too long, man. I was I was thinking when you uh when you pitched this, I was thinking that I know I'd mentioned to you ages ago that we gotta get you back on ours and then it just never happened. So let's let's make that happen in the next couple of weeks, man. No problem, no problem. Love the show. So thoughts so far on the off season, Glenn. Well, it's been um it's been the most eventful, uneventful off season ever. <laughs> yeah. Lots and lots and lots of talk, but not a lot of action. Um, you know, there was the uh Everybody saw that tweet from Connor Hughes saying that once the Aaron Rodgers trade goes through, that's the first domino, and then there's a bunch of moves that are going to follow. And really nothing, you know, nothing on the Rodgers front. You added Chuck Clark, you added, you know, some depth at DT. Um, but you also lost some depth with, you know, with Rankins leaving and and uh, Nathan Shepard leaving. But I think, I think what I like so far about the offseason um, is the fact that we're seeing – we're not seeing big overpays for guys – there are still quality veterans, you know, who who can start for this team who are in free agency. If they want to bring back a Quan Alexander or a, or a uh, McDermott or Ben Jones at center, something like that, um, Shelby Harris he, at DT, there are still some players out there. And this Jets team, unlike years past, they don't have 15 gaping holes. Um, you yeah. know, they have a few. They've got they've probably got seven or eight spots that they've absolutely got to address. Um, and at the moment, they've got six picks. If the Rodgers deal goes through, um, they'll probably have five. So that's why, you know, a lot of people are expecting some movements and trades that trading down, something of that nature. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. But, yeah, it's been pretty uneventful. You know, you, yeah. you've brought in some a couple vets, but that's been about it. And then it's just been nonstop Aaron Rodgers talk. Yeah, because like a pick 13, if 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 the – Right player doesn't fall to them. Like, for instance, Paris Johnson is gone. Um, Broderick Jones is gone. And they feel that they can get the same value in the 20s. 
I have a feeling they're going to jump, jump backwards. Because we need, they need picks because, like you just said, there's still several holes. Um, like next year, I was ch- chatting to Matt earlier on, and like that, next year you've got a big hole at linebacker, you've got a big hole at um, wide receiver as well, and other positions where players, their contracts are up. Yeah, well, there's another one. What's that? Outside linebacker next season is another big hole. Because you're going to need Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, as, as far as the linebackers go, they brought Quincy Williams back. I think I think Johnson's going to stay inside at defensive end, but we'll see about that. But I think that's why linebacker is a spot that we've talked about a lot on our show is something we'd like to see the Jets address. Of course, Mosley's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, probably won't be around beyond next year. Quincy Williams, for all the, the highlight hits and the big plays that he does make, he's an exciting guy to watch. Um, he does make a share of mistakes. I think that's why you didn't see a huge market for him once he hit free agency. The Jets love him. And I listen, I I, I like the guy as a player. I just think there there can be an upgrade there. So I think you you they should be looking at using one of those early picks on a linebacker. Uh there, you know, this is this isn't a class that's gonna produce a ton of superstar linebackers, but I think it's gonna produce a lot of solid guys. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, some how some early is guys. how early is early for a linebacker for you? You know, it's based on where the Jets pick. I mean, there's not one worth taking at 13, um, but there are some I would take at 42 or 43 if they have, you know, I don't think they'll have both those picks once the Aaron Rodgers deal happens. But I would, there are, there are a handful of guys I would gladly take at 42, 43. Yeah, because for me, it has to be the right guy for the right fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure if, um, if, the chap from Iowa, Campbell. I don't know if he fits the Jets linebacker system. Yeah, well, the guy, I I, I can say his name on your show because I've talked about him so much. I, I said on my show I would stop mentioning him. But um, Dan Henley out of Washington State, uh, the guy, he's an athletic freak. I think he could do exactly what the Jets would ask him to do. And he is one of the few linebackers they had in for a visit. Um, I've seen people say he's a third or fourth round pick. I would say that based on the fact that he's fairly new to the position and is the, the level he's playing at for having transitioned from wide receiver makes me believe he can be an elite talented linebacker. And the Jets didn't host a lot of linebackers, but he was one guy they did bring in. And as you know, of course, it could change. But at the moment, they don't have a third round pick. But he yeah. they didn't bring a ton of guys in to visit. But he was one of the guys they did bring in. They don't have a three. If they took him in the second, I'd have no problem with it. And I think that he is a guy that would fit that mold. I also, I mean, I think most people really like Drew Sanders. He's so he's so versatile. You can see him play off the edge. You see him cover big time hitter. Um, you know, playmaker forces the ball out, forces fumbles. He does a great job of getting through the trash and making plays at and behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he's another guy. You know, I'm I'm a big Henley guy because I liked him early on, um, but I've really liked Sanders and was rewatching him today. Um, was watching Arkansas, and it was uh, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who they were playing. But he just had a monster game. Like by before the half, he had he had a forced fumble, a couple tackles for loss, a sack, a QB hit. And I'm watching him, thinking, you know, I, I I forgot how much I like this guy, and I'd have no problem with him. But um, but also love Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati, who'll be a later round guy. Yeah, well, for me, and screams Robert Sala is Overshawn from Texas. Texas, yeah. he's a converted safety. Same and, with Sanders. Sanders yeah. converted safety too. Exactly. So yeah, oh, 
And, Overshone uh, is a guy that I I, I messaged um. I messaged a few people last year. I think it, I think it may have been against Oklahoma. If you watch Texas Oklahoma last year, the first just the first quarter, he was all over the place. Block, punt, sack, force fumble, and I was like, "Well, this guy, this guy's jumping off the screen." I mean, literally every series he was making a big play. Um, so yeah, he's another guy that I would take. You know, with that, like, like I said, I think there are going to be a lot of good linebackers. Maybe not great, but Overshone is in that class. That um, you know, with with Henley, with Sanders, that I think would be a good fit here. Yeah, uh, also. Like that, there's a big hole at defensive tackle because we got Williams that's sitting out at the moment for a contract. Um, we've lost two big guys in the middle, so there's no real depth at defensive tackle. And the one guy I've been banging the table the last couple of months was uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Big, big guy. Yeah, Ben, he's one of those guys from what I've watched of him. I've probably watched the least of him of the DTs that I like, but he looks like an absolute monster. He looks fantastic at the Senior Bowl. I think he could be in play later on. Um, There are some people who have some concerns about uh, Kalijah Kansi's size, but I wouldn't mind him. I've seen some people mock him to the Jets at 13, kind of saying if the tackles are gone and the Jets Jets are stuck and they're not going to get one at 13. I mean, he's so explosive up the middle. Um, just, he's another guy I discussed him last year with uh, with my co-host Dylan Terman, yeah. um, sort of mid-season. I sent them some messages and said, "Hey, man, this this pit front seven looks phenomenal, and this kid Kalijah Kansi is probably the best in the bunch." And they they probably got three or four guys in that front seven who are going to be picked in this draft. But Kansi's a monster. Benton is a monster up front, and then you have some later round guys. You know, you get a Jomo at another Texas product yeah. who can be had there. I like Nesta Jade Silvera out of Arizona State. He's probably a, a day three guy as well. Um, but that's what's going to be interesting. And like th- one of the questions we've asked is, do the Jets have some players on the roster who have enough value that they could deal for a third round pick, or sorry, a day three pick, and kind of pick up some of these back of, back of the draft guys and and or back end of the draft guys and see if they can pan out. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. The only thing with Kenzie that worries me is the arm length. Very short arms, T Rex arms, but. As well as he's small, he's very twitchy, very fast, very explosive. That's the thing, you know. The, yeah. He's got he's got rare athletic traits, you know. So it's I'd be willing to give up a, a little bit in arm length. What I'm gaining in explosiveness and disruption, like you can just just penetrating, getting in the backfield, getting the quarterback off a spot, all that impacts games, um, you know, impacts plays. So I, I think that there's it's justifiable talk to see him that early. Um, and it's one of those things where no prospect is perfect. You know, if we dig deep enough, we'll find something with everyone um, as to why they may not fit. You know, this talk about Skaronsky with the arm length. That wouldn't scare me off. Um, you know, he's a technician. He's a sound technician, uses his hands well. And you see it from, you know, you follow some of these O-line coaches on Twitter who talk about it. Um, like, look, man, like strong, active hands is, beats long arms every day. Like, not worried about it, not a concern. So there, there are every prospect's going to have something, you know, no perfect prospect. But I would take Kansi. My, my number, I want Smith and Jigba. He's my choice at 13. Um, okay. And that's a fairly recent thing. Like, I was pretty much set on offensive tackle. And I was set on Jordan Addison was my wide receiver one. Um, going back to last year, again, he was the guy I was watching at Pitt when the when their D line just jumped out at me um, because, you know, he was a transfer to USC. Um, but watching Smith and Jigba and seeing what he did at the combine, we're kind of seeing from him like big picture wise. And I talked about this the other day on my show, 
if you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, you're, there's a very real chance it's for one year. And the Jets clearly know that because they want that one-year protection from the Packers. And the Packers reportedly are unwilling to give it. So both sides realize this is a very good chance it's a one-year rental. So if it's a one-year rental, you've got to put all the chips in the middle of the table and go for it. You can't. There can't be any half measures. So I look at offensive tackle versus wide receiver in that Jackson Smith and Jigba is in a class of his own in this group in terms of his ability to move laterally and get open off the line of scrimmage. Aaron Rodgers is at his best when he's dropping back, making reads, and the ball is out in a second, second and a half, like no, no more than two seconds, the ball is out. Aaron Rodgers loves just dropping back and letting it rip. Most of his completions are within 10, 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. So give him a guy like Njigba to pair with Wilson, who also does a great job getting open off the line. And you don't need elite offensive tackle play. You know, you can take a Blake Freeland or a Matthew Bergeron later on, you know, in, in round two, if you're that, that set on a tackle and get, you know, get Smith and Jigba and get Rodgers those weapons because you literally have, you're creating for yourself a one-year window. So I don't, that's why when people say, do you take a quarterback at 13? I don't, that's not feasible. They need a guy who's going to play, be an every down guy this year. Um, even if they go with tackle, what do you do if Becton and Brown stay healthy? You know, do you kick a guy inside and move somebody out? But history tells us someone's going to get hurt. And if you take a tackle first, the guy's going to play. Yeah. What's your thoughts on um, the tight end position? Because the Jets have seemingly brought in a few tight ends, which is fairly strange because they've got two vets plus. Um, they got the, the guy that took from um, Ohio State last Rucker. year, Rucker. And I like Rucker. Yeah, I like Rucker a lot. I think that, you know, the, the bringing in Uzama and Conklin last year, everybody was excited about it. And then Rucker looked like he was going to be a player. Um, Uzama, to me, as a player, didn't do much for me. But honestly, having watched him last year, you love you the person. Like, you want guys like that in your locker room clearly a guy who's liked and respected by his peers. So, you know, that, that does count for something. Um, but them looking at tight ends, it, it could mean one of two things. Um, one being the least desirable is that they're, they haven't been as impressed with record as we thought they would be. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case, but it, I think it's a little bit suspect that he got virtually no playing time last year on an offense that could not move the football. Um, you know, he got strange. some, he got some reps late in the year at fullback, and he looked phenomenal. He's blowing guys up as a blocker. He looked great. Um, but the other thing is the, the more the positive angle of this, the positive spin, could be that this is just such a deep class at tight end that the Jets are saying, look, we might get a starting caliber guy in the middle of late rounds that we can stash for a year who doesn't see the field. Um, and maybe they do that or, you know, get a guy who, who, who isn't going to start for you but who you can put in some packages like – I think there are some really good – I think Shoemaker out of Michigan is an underrated guy. Yeah. They've had him in. I, um, I think he's very underrated. Yeah, very underrated guy. Will Mallory um, out of Miami, I think, is a, is a really good player. So, And there are tons. I mean, you can name yeah. a dozen tight he's ends got, who are going to get drafted. Got from Alabama. Yeah, yeah, he's another one. They're just – they're the, Jaden Willis from Oklahoma. I mean, that guy – I see him projected as undrafted. And he – I mean, he blocks like an old-school fullback, and he can, he can catch the ball and make plays after the catch and – I'm seeing him as undrafted in a lot of mocks. I don't think that'll happen. Somebody's got to take him. He's too good not to draft. Okay. What's your thoughts on the uh, center position? Because I know you're a big fan of Tipman. Yeah, well, listen, I, I love Tipman and, and uh, Michael Schmitz. I'd be happy with either one. Um, I just happen to prefer, you know, Tipman. But it's really splitting hairs. It's not, 
you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't take John Michael Schmitz. I would gladly take him. Um, I just, the thing that I like about Tipman, um, and it, it, it jumped out early on and then it continued. I continued seeing it. Um, the, the frequency with which we see him pull and find somebody to lay out is a lot higher than you see with most guys. Um, oftentimes we see guys pull and they get in open space and there's nobody to hit and they, there, there's no contact and that's fine. But Tipman always seems to find somebody. And when he does, man, he, he buries guys. Um, and, you know, he's, he's stout in the middle. The, the height's a little bit of a concern because people talk about leverage and they always have. I remember the Ethan Posick conversations with the LSU being six foot six. And he ended up being, you know, sort of a middle of the road guy. Um, as far as I can recall, I haven't looked at him in a while. But um, I like both guys, but I really like Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas as well. Yes, um, and if the Jets feel like they can get him in round four, um, then then why not? You know, the thing is, we have all these conversations and you know, we have we have no idea what anybody's draft board says. You know, yeah. uh, it, was, it was actually the first time the other day because um, I've been banging the drum for Stromberg for a little while now as sort of like I said, as a late rounder um, or middle rounder. And the other day, um, Brian Balding, who's a pretty respected guy, former lineman, he put out his rankings. He had Stromberg as his number two behind Tipman. Um, so he had him ahead of JMS. So there may be we there might be people in these war rooms who view it that way, and maybe they don't think Stromberg will be there. And you know who knows what they do, but you've got to address it. But one thing I thought of the other day, you know, having said at the top, this team has a lot of needs. You know, they they may not have a dozen, they may not have 13, 14, 15 needs, but they've got seven or eight spots that have to be filled. And if you're gonna have, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna look for a center, if you don't get the guy you want. Like JMS is the guy, it's sort of logical you would think the Jets want him because they've had more visits with him than any other player. So it could be a smokescreen, but it could be the Jets legitimately wanting him. Now, if he's not there when they pick and they don't take him in the first round and he goes at say 38, now do the Jets just say, okay, he was our guy. We're gonna we're gonna take a pass on center in this class. We've still got two free agents out there who we could sign that could start for us tomorrow, and we're gonna address center next year. Because no matter how no matter well. Again, barring a couple of trade downs, you're not filling every hole in this draft. No, and I've heard on your show a few times you mentioned running back. Like for me, I think we're set running back, but I think we could get a guy in undrafted free agency because you look at what the Jets did last year. They got a bam night and it was an absolute steal. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm kind of watching Brees Hall last year. I changed my tune a little bit on on running back because I've been one of those people for years just saying, you know, grab guys late, grab guys late, grab guys late. But you see, like, when you get an elite-level guy, the difference they can make. Um, and I'm not saying I would use an early pick on a running back. And I'm kind of, you know, I've mentioned a lot of the backs in this class I like, like Israel Abanacanda. He'll be gone. He'll, he'll go too early. Um, but, like, Zach Charbonnet, he's another one that will go early who I love. But there are some later-round guys, and even, as you said, undrafted free agents, that I think that might be the way the Jets go. I think that room, because you don't know how good Hall is going to be coming off the injury, um, you know, Ty Johnson, I probably like him more than most, but he's not a guy I can see them giving a ton of carries. Um, Bam Knight fizzled a little, but I think he can be a solid player. But in terms of like a guy with the, with the ability, with the speed to, to take the top off a of defense, I think there are some guys in this class. Like I, I mentioned Xavier Valaday, another Arizona state guy. If you watch him, it's it, it's one of those those guys you look at and think why is this guy being talked about as as if he's not even a draftable prospect and maybe listen there obviously something there I'm missing um, but I look at him and I think he could be a player Evan Hall who did really well at the Senior Bowl kind of got some talk early on but you don't hear a lot about him as a potential draft pick anymore 
Um, and again, that's not to say he won't be drafted, but there are some guys. There are some guys who can be had in the late rounds um, or as undrafted free agents who can contribute. And that's really it. Listen, if you're bringing Aaron Rodgers, you don't need that superstar running back. Um, you don't need a guy like Tank Bigsby, who I another phenomenal player um, who I've been watching for a couple of years now. There are some really good guys to be had, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets took a pass. They've had Trey McBride in the UAB product, um, you know, another projected day three pick. And, you know, all this changes, of course, if on draft day the, the Jets do make that trade down from 13 and maybe add a seven or a six and then and then have like, as I said, are, are there is there anyone on this roster? Like, is there a team out there that looks at Denzel Mims and says, we had that guy really high on our board and we think the Jets have done him wrong we'd be willing to give up a six to take a look at him and work with him because we think he was a first or second round talent. Um, you know, uh, Brees Hall um, is, is another guy. Um, do you, you know, do you look at the, the corner who they took a couple years ago? It, you know, he's another guy that was, uh, he, he started some games as a rookie, couldn't get on the field last year, but he was a guy who was thought highly of coming into that class. It was, you know, it was believed that he fell to the Jets because of the ankle injury. Is there a team out there that says we need a third or fourth corner? And based on what's available to us in round six versus what he could give us, we'd rather give up the sixth or seventh rounder. And then 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 Joe Douglas can go in and grab a, a depth piece of running back, something like that, an interior D lineman. Yeah, he's one guy I spoke, myself and Rich spoke ages ago about um, making a transition to safety. Oh, I thought it would be a great idea to stick him in a free safety. See what Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a few people say that. And at this point, it's kind of like, why not? You know, if he's not going to get any playing time for you at corner, he's been, he's been passed up on the depth chart by Eccles. And you've got you've got a hole at safety. Uh, well, a presumed hole. I'm I'm kind of I'm of the belief that and we'll we'll find out come draft time. Um, but I'm of the belief that they like Tony Adams uh, more than people realize. And I think they're going to be willing to give him a shot. Uh, I saw him, watched him a little bit um, coming out of Illinois when I was watching his teammate, um, Kirby Joseph, and or Joseph Kirby. I was the two first names thing gets me. Um, but yeah, um, I know that they they ran together in Illinois. I thought Adams looked like a solid player. Jets ended up drafting him. He's a converted corner. He's obviously got very good speed for a safety. They kept him on the practice squad. He got some reps late in the year. Um, so I think Adams is a guy they probably like, and and maybe he's the reason why we haven't seen them go harder harder after a free safety type because this isn't a very deep class although yeah. i do love i do love uh jason taylor yeah i like anthony johnson yeah he's another good one out of a and he's a good player yeah. all right before we finish up big question for you um glenn at pick 13 what do you want and then what do you think the jets will do and then the final question is What's the player you don't want at pick 13? Okay, um, I, I, want, I want Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think the Jets will try – they will do whatever they can to move down. If they're not able to move down, I think we're going to see uh, – I think it'll be an offensive lineman. And I re- really – it's – I just don't want a quarterback. And some people, for some reason, still think that's a possibility. Um, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, this team – there may not be a public playoff mandate, but this team has to do something, you know, something they got, they got to, you got to make a playoff for, you got to make a playoff. If you get Aaron Rodgers, you got to make playoffs, you know, full stop. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So this has to be a playoff team. And to use a, to use pick 13 on a quarterback, 
basically puts the Jets in a position where they have a guy who's not going to see the field in a year where they've gone all in to win with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, good stuff. Um, Glenn, thanks for coming on. It's been great. Great catch-up. Absolutely. Uh, I hope you, yourself and the wife, enjoy yourselves in Dublin. Yes, yes. Uh, flights are booked. Hotels now. And uh, Tom Segura Live, man. First time. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, check him out on Netflix. He's got like three Netflix specials. Tom Segura. And uh, got some got some tickets as a gift. So we're flying out to Dublin on the uh, 6th. Check him out. And we'll be back the following day. And, of course, the Fontaines. I got to hit up the Fontaines. Yeah, exactly. Um, where can everybody get you on Twitter, or social media, and your uh, show, the Jet Nation Radio? Yeah, Jet Nation Radio. You can go to JetNation.com uh, and follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation. We'll, uh, we tweet out the links to the shows before we go live. I do some tape stuff throughout the week. Dylan Terriman and I go live Thursday nights at 6.30. Um, I'm at AceFan23 on Twitter, A-C-E-Fan23. And you can get uh, Dylan at D-Terriman, T-E-R-E-M-A-N. And check us out. Check out the show. And, and Biff, we got to have you on soon. Yeah, and give me a shout whenever you need me. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, Ben. No worries. Sports Social Podcast Network.